Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better and well, 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 well. I have to say, well, first off, I'm Karen O'Connor. I'm joined by Jan Baff and Mike Carlson. But don't don't say anything, boys, because I know we're all feeling it. We are in a state of mourning here at NFL Only Better. It's a very, very sad time. You too. On the West Coast of the United States. What has happened? I'm, I'm just happy it wasn't a face injury because that really <laughs> could have... I could have hurt uh, Jimmy. And for those of you who don't understand what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> this is his extreme man crush on Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I mean, the man is a smoke show. But anyway, um, he's out for the season. And of course, the San Francisco 49ers were very much um, our pick or, or one of our picks for the outside when we did the midseason review because everything was coming together finally. Actually, Christian McCaffrey, yes. Debo Samuel. Uh, it was all happening. They had a running game, they had a good defense. Jimmy G was doing okay, doing exactly what we expect him to do, which is throw the ball a couple of times, mainly hand it off, screen passes as well. They were there. This was their year. And now Mr. Irrelevant steps in, Mike Carson. However, and I don't want to, we, we haven't even spoken about this before, and we just said we talk about it. Mr. Irrelevant didn't look too bad. No, he didn't. Well, in which sense are you talking about? He, in he the is playing per- of the NFL. Oh, okay. I, I thought you know. I, I thought I thought he is a pretty boy after oh, all. You know. Oh, I see what you did there, Mike. And yeah. and a friend I like of mine. Some men, seemingly. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he's a good-looking young man as well. So you might be able to, you know. Um, no. no, I th- I think you're exactly right. He didn't play that badly. Um, he doesn't. He probably doesn't have as much arm strength as as Garoppolo does, but he showed pretty good presence. He may have a little bit more mobility. Um, he didn't panic, which is, you know, impressive because uh, Miami was putting a lot of pressure on him. I think somewhat deliberately blitzing more than they might. Uh, and it's interesting that although everybody in the NFL Twitter sphere was screaming that Baker Mayfield is going to be released by Carolina and therefore the Niners ought to sign him. And in fact, I don't know if he has been released or not, but if I were Carolina, I'd wait a day and see what happened. But um, they signed Josh Johnson uh, as a backup. They didn't promote Jacob Easton from the practice squad. Josh Johnson, this is the fourth time he signed with San Francisco in his career, um, which is not that unusual because his career began in Tampa in 2008. And since then he has had 23 stops with 17 different teams, 14 of them in the NFL, which I believe is a record. No one's is that ever true. Played. Are you making that up? Is that real? And I'm not making this up in, in four in four different leagues. <laughs> you know, he played a year in, in the um, United Football League, a year in the Alliance of American mm. Football, and a year in the XFL. So um, he's covered many of the bases, and um, he was a guy who uh, came up with Jim Harbaugh when. He, he was an Oakland high school kid. And when Harbaugh took the job at San Diego, University of San Diego, he brought him with him, basically, because um, Harbaugh was with the Niners at the time. And um, um, he stopped by Harbaugh's teams a couple of times, San Francisco and, and Baltimore. He's, he's a mobile and, and heady guy without a great arm. But you know, I think they'll probably be satisfied with him as, as a backup. Um, it also raises the question, or at least it did in the internet sphere, um, of what happens next. To, you know, what do they do with Jimmy G for next Pretty year? Pretty much so, yeah. Um, you know, and I think Jimmy G's free market value has dropped 
because of the injury, because it feeds into his injury history, which means you don't really want to commit to a long-term deal with him. Uh, but I can't see the Niners actually wanting to bring him back because then you've got the same situation you had last September um, with him and Trey Lance. And maybe even if the roles were reversed, it's not a great situation to be in. But if he takes a very team-friendly deal like he did this time around, he just seems to enjoy just being in the building in San Francisco. Even he, I think it was a mark of the man to an extent that the way he didn't complain or he didn't upset the apple cart when he was demoted behind Trey Lance. Uh, even like even just the fact that I'm laboring the point, I suppose, but even the fact that he just accepted less money happily, you know, he was he seemed to be giddy to do that. And uh, I mean, perhaps that was influenced by him coming back from his injury last season and the fact that the trade market had kind of shown that there wasn't really anybody jumping at the bit to, to add him to add Jimmy G to their own roster. And he was happy enough with the, uh, the situation in San Fran. But I think the. Um, if you're going to lose, like for the 49ers, it's uh, it's clearly a blow because you don't at this point of the season when you're looking like a you know a prime Super Bowl contender or, or like by far one of the better teams in the NFC at least. Uh, it's a big blow to lose your starting quarterback at this point of the season, obviously. But I think the the way the 49ers run their offense, the, the Shanahan offense, if you're going to lose a quarterback, I think that's the system to lose a quarterback in because. To an extent, I think you can sort of plug and play. You can kind of put somebody in there and they'll be able to run that offense pretty well, and particularly with the, the offensive weapons that they have lined up around, whoever will be will be playing quarterback for them. I do think that there is a realistic possibility that, that Mayfield will end up in San Francisco. He has been released, Mike. No. They released him, yet. They released oh, him okay. yesterday. He's, he's on the waivers today. So right, to the listeners, we're recording this one on a Tuesday. At around 3 p.m. Off to the unemployment line. Yeah, well, I can't office. remember. Yeah, I'm trying well, to remember. Here's, here's, here's my point. We're recording this on Tuesday. He was released yesterday, so he'll he'll the waivers uh, will be cleared by I think 9 p.m. Irish time on Tuesday this evening. So at that point, we'll find out whether or not Baker Mayfield has a job. And it's seemed like again, you said Mike that you know Twitter has been all about um, him going to San Francisco. There's a couple of possibilities. The, the four teams that I have heard are um, San Francisco, obviously the Rams, who are down their starting quarterback as well, but they're also interested in potentially messing up um, the 49ers. There's there's talk they just take him so the 49ers don't. And as well, you have the Colts. If I were them, I if I were them, I'd not take take them. So the 49ers do. And the other one, of course, would be the the Texans. But I don't think they're. I don't know if that's much of an improvement, quite honestly, for him to be starting there. And I think the Texans are perfectly competent. I mean, just just look for the number one pick. They don't don't, want to improve the position. I haven't seen I haven't seen a game out of Baker Mayfield this year where he looked better than Purdy did yesterday. Now, in fairness the league will catch up to Purdy quickly. And, That's and, what uh, I think too. Yeah, like Purdy of, quickly, you could uh, say. Purdy quickly, yeah. A lot of quarterbacks um, can, can look good in in, uh, in small stretches like this. But, you know, if you're getting down to the wire and the league starts to figure out how to play against Brock Purdy and he's actually not that great, yeah. uh, that's that's where you'd want maybe somebody like Mayfield on the bench who I know he has a direct, he's not played well in, in two seasons, but he has won a playoff game. He has he's brought a team to the, to the offseason. He's experienced. He has that sort of, uh, that veteran capability, I suppose. So I, I, I think he, he's not going to, I don't think he'll clear waivers. He'll end up somewhere. And I think the, the old Mayfield, yeah, the old Mayfield of three, four years ago would be a mm-hmm. good fit for San it's, Francisco. It costs sure. whoever, whoever picks him up, it's $1.4 million for five games. And then you don't have to pay him next season. Unless he, it's, yeah. And, and if uh, he clears, uh, if he clears waivers, it's even less. 
that's true. Give you twenty. I'll give you a cab fare from the airport and a hundred bucks, hundred bucks a game, and a couple of training cones. We'll call it a day. You know what? I did, to be honest, the Forty ers and John mentioned it. They haven't exactly like, collapsed in price. I mean, they're they're ten to one to win the Super Bowl with a backup QB that threw. I think it was nine passes before Sunday. Six or nine passes. Nine six weeks ago, he played through nine passes. Uh, and went 25 or 37 for 210 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, he was at home, of course. I don't know how much of that had a bearing of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Miami didn't really play great until uh, kind of the second half. Um, I think I uh, thought too. I thought Tua was your choice for MVP. Uh, I have. Well, I've I've mentioned. Tua. Like, yeah, well, last week didn't, last week didn't help him, but he's, his, he's up there. It, it, that was his first interception of the season. Like we're a long way into the season for you to be throwing your first interception, and then he got pulled, and then the the, the Miami went to crap. Yeah, strange had- things. He he got pulled. Strange things happened at the bottom of those pileups. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, look, I mean, anyone who was I was uh, the guy I was playing in fantasy had the France San Francisco 49ers defense, and they got like fourteen points in like four minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> Miami. Yeah, the only thing better would have been to have Dallas. In, yeah, in, who in I have, quarter. Mike, as you know, because I'm America's yeah. team man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the interesting thing, if you look, Josh Josh Johnson actually out played better than Russell Wilson in preseason for the Broncos, um, which is whose practice squad the Niners pulled him off of. Um, I, I don't I think, think it's an, it's don't an interesting the dilemma. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> dilemma as to as to whether you whether you sign another quarterback or not, you know, or whether you just tell the guy you have that you're our you're our boy. We got faith in you. you know? uh, look, it's it's a very difficult question, but I'm going to ask it because I mean they're only ten to one. So Buffalo Bills are seven to two, Kansas is nine to two. Then you have Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. Like there's only four teams higher up in the betting. They're fifth favorites for the Super Bowl. Well, Can they win a the Super Bowl with a guy? Who well, Mr. Nick, Irrelevant? Nick Foles won. It's not the same thing, but Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and he, had you know, the experience. It's, it's it's a cliche, but like, and I hate to repeat it because it is like I say a total cliche. But like, defenses win Super Bowls. You know, they win championships. And there's is there a better defense in the league right now than than the 49ers? The, the reason we're talking like about Tua struggling a bit was because he played such a such a stout defense, and particularly Fred Warner was just outstanding. Like that guy is a a great coverage linebacker, and you know, I, I can imagine that Tua was going to bed that night you know, having nightmares about him. And also, you know, without his, his starting left tackle, they, all these things add up. But um, I, yeah. I, 49ers, that their price should drop a little bit. And, you know, if the price does drop a couple of points, that might even just make it more attractive to potential betters in this one because they're still absolutely, like, in the NFC, they can absolutely get get to the Super Bowl. And once you're in there, we'll kind of see what happens. But they've got a fantastic defense and some excellent skill position players. So if they can find a quarterback to fit into the Shanahan offense, I don't think it. Yeah, it might have been a different. I mean, realistically, and two has benefited from this the whole year. But you know, so did Jimmy G. System quarterbacks, you could say. I mean, most of his completions are short. Have been short passes with with Yak, and when he throws deep, he often underthrows Tyreek Hill in particular. But Hill's always open by so much that you can overthrow it, (laughs) underthrow him. Sorry, and um, you know that 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 might be a slightly different game if Kasiki holds on to that catch that. You know, it looked like he had held on to until you saw the really tight, tight replay on on the sidelines. Well, we held it like a boombox. <laughs> but you know, I think San Francisco shut their run game down, and that was the difference in the in the game. They weren't slashing through the, the way they had the last few weeks, and and the way San Francisco want to when when they're really good. I think if they get if they can get Elijah Mitchell back, 
healthy and keep them healthy, then they've got a really good chance. You know, that de- defense is as good as you guys were saying. Yeah, I think it was when Miami scored their touchdown in the second half. It was the first second half touchdown that San Francisco had conceded in three, four games. Um, the whole season, I thought. <laughs> not the whole season, no. Um, okay, recorded history. Quickly, one before we go on to the games, one piece. I, I, I said we'd chat about it, and and Mike, you kind of well, I don't think you disagreed with me, but you. Were kind of I was being, I was being facetious. Facetious. But facetious as soon as I said the, the two words, Jimmy G. <laughs> You I said went into story. a swoon. Well, I got to check on him now. He's just having his nap. Um, the uh, I've got a webcam up. The the Bengals, they seem to have KC's number now. You know, three times in a row. I think uh, by pretty much the same scoreline as well, which is kind of freaky. Yeah, three points each time. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, Tony Romo was doing the game, and there was a couple of snaps where he was kind of you know commenting on how their run game is destroying Kansas. Surely every NFL coach has now got that tape and is looking at that, you know, pouring it over and saying, well, this is now we like we always knew the way to beat the Chiefs is to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Um, But now we have a really, really strong way of doing that. If you have the players. Yeah. And imagine what what happens when they get Joe Mixon back. Um, P. Ryan had an amazing game. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jamar Chase is back now, finally, as well. Chase is back, which makes a huge difference because it gives you that real coverage problem. And, you know, their key play probably was the late third down conversion to T Higgins, um, where everybody did everything right. The coverage was good. The rush was great. Um, and Burrow stood in against the rush and put the ball right, right on the money. Um, and Higgins made a great catch. It was, you know, it's, it's plays like that where, where football's really interesting, you know, where, where, where you just see everything click. I think that, the the key thing for the Bengals and this year their offensive line is much better than it was last year. So in a sense, Kansas City played a better game, and you know, but the the key for the Bengals is that on defense, Lou Anarumo keeps them under control, um, and he switches it up and keeps. In other words, he'll drop five, and then he'll only drop three, but the indecision in the moment between you where you where you decide what he's doing seems to make it make it more effective uh even against Mahomes and and for the Chiefs to beat them at the moment they have to get Mahomes to run um and that's the one thing that's unaccountable uh in in that offense and and so you know on a given day I think this is a great matchup and I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again um, but national jump to conclusions week is that mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's now the greatest player in the league, and the Chiefs should uh, sorry the Bengals should be prohibitive Super Bowl favorites, mm-hmm. um, which is probably exaggerating it just a little, you know. But yeah. but from the start of the season, I've been saying Joe Burrow is one of you know like the four great young quarterbacks in the league, and and we have to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, I don't know what it was. One of the big ones um, on the NFL Network that Sky also show as well. So they 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 basically said yesterday that if the Dallas Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl or get to it, maybe that would be the biggest. (laughs) It would be the biggest disappointment in their in the not in their history in the last twenty five years of them playing. And they put up a, a graphic on screen. That said that the Dallas Cowboys had a 50% chance of getting to the Super Bowl, an 80% chance 
uh, sorry, an 80% chance of getting to the Super Bowl and a 50% chance of winning it. Now, I can tell you that for those of you yeah. who like to bet on this, that the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys are 11 to 4 to even win the NFC, and they are currently 15 to 2 for what, favorites. What are they to win the NFC East? Yeah. Great question. They are, and luckily, I'm really quick on the draw. There's three to one. The Eagles are one to seven. They play each other in two weeks. I yeah. Feel, yeah. So, I mean, it, it depends. But if the Philadelphia are quite a few games ahead of them, aren't they? Eagles um, well, are Dal- Dallas is nine. One. They're two games ahead. Yeah, Dallas two is nine, nine and three, and the and Eagles are uh, 11 and one. Well, technically, I suppose if the Dallas were to win that game, they would go within one of them, and they would also have the tie break if they were to finish level, if they if they were to win that game. So three to one might be Well, they play nice. twice. What, what's the other result? Um... Mike's gone to his notes. John, let's no, talk I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm actually going to the schedule. <laughs> Looking into the archives there, because um, I've I've forgotten, and I'm not going to page through 14 weeks of results uh, that I've got sitting here. The um, this is what uh, people tune in for. The Eagles, Eagles played Dallas 26-17 to the Eagles. Yeah, so they've the already got so so Dallas would only oh. even even things up by, even by winning. Up. Yeah, that's why. Thank you, one. thank you, John Wolf. <laughs> no uh, yeah, I mean get... that game is a little confusing because everybody gets excited 54-19. But you know, I, I took a quick look at it um while you know while the I was trying to concentrate on Kansas City today. But that was a great four game, you know, um three games in the late window. I took a quick look yeah. um and then went to bed. And um, you know, Indy was getting 10 and a half in that game. And I said, okay, this looks pretty good. You know, um, I think the score was 21 19 at the time or something like that. Uh, before it was, the, yeah, 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 yeah. There was, it, it was, was the more rise the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. It was more a four, you know, it was more a fourth quarter meltdown by the Colts and it mm. was, you know, um, great play, great play by the, by the Cowboys. But um, so you yeah. have to feel for anyone who had the Dallas Cowboys kicker in their fantasy team and woke up and saw that they'd scored 54 points and then checked to see they'd only scored four points off the kicker. <laughs> yeah. How does that happen? <laughs> Which doesn't make... <laughs> and he missed a field goal. <laughs> if I were them, I'd just try Brett Maher with like an 80-yard field goal what every the... week. You would have been like, no, that hasn't updated. No, that can't, that can't be right. <laughs> yeah, one, you know, with analytics and all, um, and I'm not knocking it because I've paid a lot of attention to it over the years and, and it's changed the way a lot of people think about football. But you know, when when you when you keep taking long field goals and you miss, that's a turnover. It is, yeah. You know, it can put and, the ball and right it, on the 50 yard line. It's yeah, great and the field. longer the field goal, the better field position that you're you're giving the other team. And I and I think people kind of forget that, you know. Yeah. Um, same thing with the fourth and one, which is a turn. Everyone knows, you know, when you lose the ball on downs, that's a turnover as well. And you know, when you could have taken three in that situation, um, hello, Jeff Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. Oh, can we give one. Zach Taylor an award for for the worst call of the week, <laughs> which was and, the jet sweep to Trent Taylor, who must be a rel- a relative. He must have been trying to build up his stats or something. Well, who was it? Sorry, who was it in the Kansas game? Uh, the Bengals guy that got creamed on fourth and one on the goal line. They tried that was to hand it. it off. That's that's, that's Jack, one, Zach Taylor and Trent oh, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the jet the jet sweep. It's oh. it's like sending a DC three on a jet sweep. It looks incredibly painful. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely did him. 
Um, and as you mentioned, Mike, just with those field goals and field position, that, that actually came into play a little bit in the Raiders Chargers game, to be yeah. honest. Because they had two missed field goals and they gave great position to each other at yeah. the time, mm. well, especially remember, late in the game. Pro football folklist said that Brandon Staley is the best coach in the NFL. Well, they said it. It must be true because you love them, Mike. You've never a bad word to say about those guys. Thursday night football is the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the L.A. Rams. Um, yeah, if you'd been in a coma for a few years and woke up and saw that game, you'd be like, the Las Vegas Raiders against the L.A. Rams? I think <laughs> yeah. uh, two to five with the Raiders. The L.A. Rams are two to one. Well, last week, actually, last week would have fooled you even more. The Ra- Las Vegas Raiders against the L.A. Chargers. That's, That's true, true. Yeah. 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 Two to five, two to one. Six points is spread. 44.5 is the over. Up to six. Under. Yeah, it's up to six because um, the, the Raiders are looking good. We actually said it last week. The Raiders are starting to look good and they schooled the Chargers uh, who A, can't stop the run game and B, can't stop letting people hit their quarterback. So Chargers, that's going to be an issue for you. But Raiders, run, run, run with yeah, uh, Mr. We, Jacobs. We talked about that last week, I think, when we were teeing up that game. We were, I think we kind of all unanimously agreed that this is going to be sort of a Josh Jacobs game and uh, it, it just seems to have played out to the script. Uh, in this particular game, I'm looking at the Raiders to win. Well, that they've won... What are they? What, they've won four in a row now, so they're looking for five wins on the spin. Unless my uh, maths is letting me down here, and you know, if you're if you're looking to maintain the, that type of momentum, going to play the Rams even away from home uh, isn't the worst place to be, you know, because they're looking like a team who are are very much in limbo, and it seems to be. There seems to be just an air of uncertainty kind of floating throughout that franchise, at least from what I can tell. And I think some of that is my own personal theory on this. Some of that is down to a little bit of, you know, people aren't really sure about Sean McVay and if he's going to stick around and if he's there for the long haul. It doesn't look like it at the time being. And also they're a, they're a team, you know, it really comes back to bite you in the ass sometimes when you give away all of your high draft picks over the years. And they've done that in, in their win now modes. And right now they're in sort of a rebuild and they're kind of like, similar status to the Saints really in that they're trying they need to really improve the roster but they don't really have the, the piece to do that with they still have a great unit of players in there and they still have Aaron Donald and they still have you know obviously Cooper Cup will hopefully be back uh, next season as healthy as can be and, and Stafford although I'm starting to see a few of the things about Stafford saying that he might even call it quits but so we'll see what happens there I suppose um, but in this game, yeah, I think it's a great time to play the Rams. And perhaps we were a little bit harsh, or I'll speak for myself, or perhaps I was a little bit harsh on Josh McDaniels throughout the course of the season. But, it, you know, he didn't start well, but he seems to have at least got that offense running up as well. So the Ram and the Rams defense has just underperformed hugely. And they've got a backup quarterback in there now, as we all know. So I think this is, uh, from a betting point of view, I think Vegas uh, minus six is the is the way to go on this one. Uh, that's what I'm feeling as of Tuesday afternoon, at least. Now, Wolford, yeah. Wolford put on a kind of waggle clinic. They basically rolled him out on almost every play um, with the option of, of running if he didn't have anyone to throw to. And, and I think if um, Bobby Wagner doesn't steal that ball away from Tony Jones, then the game's probably uh, not as close as it as it turned out. Um, so I kind of I kind of like I kind of like that idea too. Vegas um, Vegas minus six. Um, I liked it a little bit better at five five, obviously, but it's pretty much the same thing. Forty four five is interesting on the over under um, because I think they can go over that these two teams. Um, I'm not sure Vegas's defense is 
is fully equipped to stop them the whole time because McVeigh is so creative, um, even though he's using, you know, basically. Sorry, Mike, but he remembered the Cam Akers is on his team. Yeah. Amazing, wasn't it? Um, I was surprised that they could run the ball that that easily. Um, So, you know, against the Chargers, but everybody runs the ball easily against the Chargers. Vegas will be a little bit tougher. They're they're starting to play better uh, on defense. But, you know, I might go I might look look at going over in this one. Okay. Okay. Raiders at Rams is our Thursday night game. Uh, now we didn't actually speak about what games you guys wanted to cover uh, for six and nine twenty-five, but I one has caught my eye uh, very quickly, and I want to get you guys' opinion on it. It's the Vikings at Lions. Does anyone have any idea why I think it's an interesting one? Yeah, uh, I, I, think, I, I mean, think I have an idea. Why, right? yeah, yeah, why? Why is a ten and two team under um, underdogs against a five and seven team? That's the big that question. Is the big question here, gents? What is going on that we think that? Um, Detroit actually has looked really good, you know, and people are now starting to go back and say, geez, they could have won this game and that game, you know, which is four and five. And that only, that only loss I think was to the bills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and they've played them tight. Um, the offense looked, looked, uh, awesome. Admittedly it was against the Jags. Um, but you know, they gave Goff time Goff and St. Rob had just a, a brilliant game, but their defense is playing pretty well now as well. And the strength of the Detroit team is they they do have a really good offensive line. Um, and they're playing at home. The over-under on this is 53-5, which I think mm-hmm. is a little bit um, high. But, I, I mean, I'll take Minnesota in the points in this. I, I don't see how you can't. And, and the, the Vikings are not a convincing team. I mean, they're about the least convincing 10-2 and two team I can think of. <laughs> yeah, I think know? the bubble's a bit burst. Uh, so, John, Minnesota Vikings, 19-20, Detroit Lions, 20-23, to 23, um, 53.5, as Mike said, over-under, so expected to be high score. But, yeah, it's just it's just an interesting twist, isn't it? Uh, could it be Pickham by the time they play? I think it, it could be. It, could, it looks like it might be heading in that direction a little bit. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it's a strange line, but obviously, like, it's the odds makers kind of know what they're talking about here. The, but the, the only problem I have with this one, like, the Minnesota... They're, like I said, they're, they're kind of the strangest team of the season in, in, in the way that they're 10 and 2 without being wholly impressive. Um, but, you know, they're still 10 and 2. So that says to me that they're a team that can kind of win uh, despite the hindrances that they put on themselves. Like the Jets, they got, the, the Jets got 200 more yards in them last week, but the Vikings still won by whatever it was, five points or so. Um, but Detroit at home is tricky. Like we said, they've won four or five. This is a winnable game for them. So... I'm, no, look, I'm, I'm humming and hawing on this one. Uh, it, it's a very volatile. I've noticed this. It's a very, it's a volatile market. This one, but I think all of our Vikings markets at the moment are quite volatile. But right now, I'm, I'm Vikings in the points for the time being, at least. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, Nine twenty-five. We'll chat about that one, um, and then I'll ask you guys if there's any other games you want to mention. Cough, cough. Browns. Cough, cough. John Bath. Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneers take on San Francisco 49ers, who we've mentioned, of course. Tampa Bay eight to five. San Francisco 49ers one to two. Four points is spread. Thirty-seven point five. Yes, thirty-seven point five is the <laughs> over/under. Third. That's three and a seven, guys, and that's not even the lowest one of the weekend, which is thirty-six point five mm-hmm. in the Raven Steelers game. Books really is that down to excuse me, sorry to interrupt, but 36.5 that's down to 36.5 because it was 38 yesterday. Nope, 36 from five Ravens and Steelers. (laughs) Wow, Wow. okay. Tampa last night, and yeah, we're recording on a Tuesday, so Monday night was last night for us. Don't get confused, people. Yeah, they got pretty lucky, you know. I mean, like if if basically, you know, if if New Orleans get that uh, first down. 
Um, oh, when, when Mark Ingram stepped out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, now he's apologized for it today. So it's a yeah. mistake. Now, it looks like he was injured and he probably didn't want to get smashed by the guy coming straight for him, but he's about an inch away from it. They get that, they probably win the game. Yeah. So, <laughs> 8 to 5 Tampa, San Francisco 49ers 1 to 2, 4 points to spread, 37.5 is the over and under. John, I, I guess it really boils down to what state are Tampa in? At the moment, with Lord Tom Brady, <laughs> oh boy! And of course, uh, the rumors. We might get Mike on this right after about where mm. Mr. Brady will be next season with the Patriots becoming, you know, favorites to take him. Mm-hmm. We'll based see. based on how he looked yesterday, I'd stick with Brock Purdy. <laughs> well, we still even we still have whatever 45, 46 year old Tom Brady leading a late last possession, you know. Victory of their the divisions, yeah, which is which he's done well. I mean, it hasn't been great against the Saints for the Bucks, but I mean, traditionally against Drew Brees and things like that, he, he did okay. Um, yeah, this is a strange one, like that. I mean, the first thing that stuck out to me when I was looking at this game is the the over under, which uh, you said 37.5, Kieran, right? It's still, yes, still, I did. still at that. Um, I think that's that's achievable in this one, even despite the fact that we've talked about uh, already at the top of the show, we talked about the 49ers being without uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, which is a a huge shame to all of us, especially Kieran. Um, but again, we I can't I won't say that too much, but like again, the, the Shanahan offense I think lends itself to being a you know not too much of an interruption when they switch the quarterback. Um, mm. so as long as the replacement, whoever it may be, presuming it's uh, it'll be the guy that's there, but maybe Mayfield, maybe somebody else, who knows at this point on Tuesday. But I, I think they should still be able to be a more than competent offense and enough to do their part of keeping uh, or of getting the points on the board to hit the over 37 and a half. So uh, I fancy the 49ers to win this one. The Buccaneers still aren't great. They have good pieces. They can play well when they need to, but the 49ers defense should keep them down. Uh, so I think the, this one will sneak over 37 five. Yeah, I'm, I, the Bucks were three yesterday, and I liked the Niners there. Four is a little bit, a little bit more intimidating, um, but they're on a short week. You know, they they played last night. They've got to go to San Francisco and play on Thursday, so that's you know that that's a very short week. Brady needs um, to go on a little tour around. Yeah, you know, and you know, he'll, he'll he'll be at home in front of family and and that kind of stuff. Although they're probably all still mad at him for divorcing Giselle. Um, and I, I just think that although Tampa seems to be getting their weapons back for Brady, the offense still seems discombobulated would be the word I'd use. And, mm-hmm. and back to your earlier point, the only thing that could give Brady a more discombobulated offense was if he went back to New England, <laughs> where it's like, I would say if, if, if New England called me up and I'm Tom Brady, I'd say, yeah, um, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, yeah, no thanks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick. I'll stick with Byron Leftwich. <laughs> Heavily reported by the Athletic last week that there has been, uh, well, the feelers put out for what Brady's feeling is for next year. Feelers for feelings, um, and that he intends to play on, and that he will make a decision on the place that he goes with the Patriots, San Francisco, or staying in Tampa. All on the table. That's interesting because um, San Francisco, on a one-year deal, might not be a bad idea. Um, yeah. assuming Jimmy's gone and, and Trey Lance still needs some grooming um, it, to get it, depending on if, whether Brock Purdy takes him to the Super Bowl. Just to be not, clear, we're not saying that Tom Brady would groom someone. No, well, you never know. You know, he's very... <laughs> <laughs> down there, he's, probably, he's probably going to do a reality TV show about it <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. At, at some point. Who um, we got in this then? 
but I, I still I still stick with San Francisco, I think. Um, but I, I agree with John. I think going over 37.5 is probably my bet there. Okay, before we go back, uh, let's do a Sunday night slate game and oh, Monday night football. Uh, one more thing. I'd just yeah. like to make a point um, oh, you, you could, ooh, because oh, of the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. Last week, straight up, I was 13-1-1 and picking the game straight up. And the one game I picked wrong straight up just happened to be my best bet of the week. <laughs> Kansas City over the over the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Last week I actually did. Um, I did um, in the late games. I did uh, Raiders with the points. Um, San Francisco flat, and I did over in the other two games. Sorry, I did over in the Chargers game, uh, the Seattle game, and over in the. Kansas game and if you were to take those bets in the third quarter you would think they were in the fourth quarter in both the Chargers and the Raiders and KC came they just stopped scoring they were just they were scoring in the first second and third quarter loads that high they were high they were all over 50 kind of but yeah very frustrating yeah they were 50 I had under in that one it was 52 5 when I took it well you you would have thought that that was that was a loser like because it was at 49 with like 10 12 minutes to go or something. It's another case of, we've seen it a bit this year, where nobody scores in the final 12 minutes. You would always assume there's going to be late drama. But sometimes the late drama is first down and the game's over and you're like, oh, wait. Mm. Well, all the late drama was in the Cowboys game when they scored 33 points in the last few minutes. Could they hit hit 100? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dolphins at LA Chargers, 4-7 to about the Miami Dolphins, 7-5 to about the Chargers, 3-point spread, 52.5 is the over-under. We've talked a lot about the Chargers um, in terms of dark horses for the Super Bowl, and we've kind of ruled them out. And the reason yeah, we've ruled them right. out is very, very simple, John, this day. They can't defend a run. The other thing that they can't do is they can't protect their quarterback. Herbert is getting smashed out of it. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, that's that's a problem. That's going to be a problem if that keeps it's happening. Going to be a and I, I hate to see it as well. Like we, we talked about how that was, um, that was the Cincinnati Bengals thing when they were seemingly unable to protect um, Burrow for, for quite a long time throughout his his first couple of years in the league and even at the start of this season. But as I think Mike mentioned it earlier in this show that they, they at least the offensive line in Cincinnati has kind of booked up its trend in the last five or six or seven weeks or whatever it might be and that they're not as poor as, as they were. But yeah, in this league, you're not going to get anywhere unless you can protect your quarterback. And I, like, I just hate to see it with young quarterbacks like this as well because it can be so damaging long-term. Yeah, they, they they can't protect him, Mike, can they, Herbert? And uh, we've seen when he does actually have time in the pocket, he's, you know, he's class. Well, I, he's, a, he's an immense talent. I mean, yeah. you know, I he, think I think he's on that Josh Allen kind of um, progression. I think, you know, that I think that's where he's headed if everything goes right. I'm, I'm not sure because I'm, I'm, I've got the feeling that the, he, the Chargers may well leave him stranded for a couple of years here, you know. Um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are in and out of the lineup and have been almost the entire time he's there. If he had both of them younger and healthier, you know, then it would be like all bets are off. And Palmer's stepped up pretty well for them, but um, you know, you 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 still want you still want to see a, a little bit more. I, I think I go under on fifty one five here. Um, fifty two now. Up to 52, yeah. Well, that Better. makes that a little bit easier. But, um, you know, because I, I I keep saying Miami's not a high-scoring offense, 
you know, the offense produces maybe 21, 23 a game usually for them, but they, they have gotten some defensive points uh, along the way. And, and the Chargers are capable of a lot of points, but they're also, you know, you if you run against them, it's going to cl- slow the scoring down. I don't think this is kind of a pass-happy shootout game. Um, so I might be happiest going going under here. And I giving less than a field goal, I kind of like Miami. Um I wonder if Brandon Staley can get this team up for what is a really big game for them. You know, at this point in the season with five to go, the difference between seven and six and six and seven is huge. Absolutely. That's a huge game for both sides. Dolphins at Chargers this year, Sunday night football. Monday night, uh, we're back with the Patriots at the Cardinals, 17 to 20 about the Patriots. Arizona Cardinals are even money. Uh, Nine to 10 with the uh, 1.5. 44.5 is the over under. Uh, Mikey... You talked about last week with the Bills um, and the Patriots and and kind of maybe thought that the Bills might be able to expose a lot of what's kind of the cracks in the Patriots. And and they they did that, didn't they, really? Yeah. I mean, that game wasn't as close as the score in, you know, made it made it seem the Bills dominated it from start to finish. Now, Arizona is not the Bills. They're not well coached like the Bills are. Um, their quarterback is a running threat, but that's that's where the similarity ends. Um, if you can keep him in the pocket, which I think the Patriots are very capable of doing, um, their offense tends to stagger a bit. They do have good receivers for him. Um, so you need to you need to. You need to basically pin him down in the pocket, make that make life difficult for him that way. I'm not sure the Patriots are quite fast enough to keep up with them in, in a lot of senses, but they've had they played on Thursday. Now they're playing on Monday, so you know they've had a long a long break um, for for a road game, and this one's. It, it's it's so tempting in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, Arizona, are they still even money to win this game straight up? Um, I think that's slightly changed now. Let me. Oh, no, they are. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I, if I liked Arizona better, I would take them at even money rather than rather than getting the points, uh, the point and a half, which is what it was um, that they were getting at home. I, I really don't see how the bookies can make New England favorites on the road against against this team. Um, but I might even take New England on this one. Um, and they were 17-10, I think, when I looked. Um, I also think the under might be vulnerable, even at only 44-5. Well, I suppose one of the things about the Patriots is, and you mentioned it for the previous game, about how insanely close it is to make the playoffs. Pats are 6-6, six and six, so... A win obviously would take them into, uh, you know, into a, a winning uh, record, and will probably increase their chance to make the playoffs. They're about, they have a twenty-five percent chance, according to uh, the stats at the moment, of making the playoffs. So that would massively increase if they could get into a seven and six. John, last word on this uh, to you: Do you think Patriots will win? Uh, at the moment, I do. Um, I, I'm just. Uh, it's more so down to I just don't trust Arizona more so than how- I wouldn't trust Arizona either. <laughs> yeah, but I just I, I don't necessarily think that the Patriots are some sort of you know offensive or defensive juggernaut, particularly like they would have been in the past. But I don't know. Maybe I, I'm slightly. I just don't see much in Arizona at the moment. I don't like what Kyler Murray's doing. I just don't think they're a a very cohesive unit at the moment. Now they, I suppose they might have played a little bit better in the last couple of weeks, and that's kind of coincided with Hopkins getting back. But at the moment, I'm kind of leaning to uh, towards the Patriots with the points on this one. 
Yeah, when you said juggernaut, I immediately thought you'd say jerking off. <laughs> that's that's kind of what the Patriots' offense is. I mean, Mac, Mac Jones's little tirade or outburst on the yeah. sidelines was very well deserved. I mean, you yeah. know that that is the that is the problem with the with the New England at the moment. It's the coordinators. Yeah. So that's what's the what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's really funny, but Belichick has kind of in the last two seasons gone against everything that Belichick did when he was building this team into a dynasty, in other words, invading the free agent market, you know, um, bringing back old coaches um, instead of, instead of bringing them up and developing yeah, them. And, you know, I, I just think that they're, you know, they're not playing Patriots football. This team makes an awful lot of mistakes, uh, unforced errors, drops, penalties. I think they're the most penalized team in the league um or some and usually they're in the bottom three or four what is what is patriots football though is that just because we've seen tom brady play there for 20 years and that's well we that's a good part of it i think i think brady papered over a lot of cracks at times but they were able to execute game plans do your with, job with very yeah, patriots with a minimum of mental mistakes, yeah. you know, not always physically up to another team, but, but mentally they were always where they were supposed to be, you know, mo most of the time. And, and that would work against most teams. Uh, last word on this one comes from me because I think Mike, you were the one who said it. Why would the Patriots be 17 and 20 when they're away from home? Um, and it just jogged my memory of actually the, the, the Cardinals are one and six at home. So ah, now there's a good one. They're, they're three and two away from home. They've lost six. I'm pretty sure f at least five of them are in a row as well. <laughs> um, so like the home, <laughs> there's no home field advantage yeah, here. Just, just, I mean, maybe before you make your bet, go go online on Saturday evening and or whatever day the game is, the, 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 the eve before the game, and then see if Kyler Murray's been on X Xbox Live in the last day or two. If he's if he's up late playing Call of Duty, he's I'd a go gamer. hammer the, Patriots. the game. I thought, uh, yeah, see if Kyler Murray has grown four inches since uh, the last game. <laughs> oh. ha have you seen that NFL weather site? Apparently, there's a specific site that gives weather reports on all the nfl games do you mean the web the website that i texted to you a couple of days ago is that yeah, where, like, is that where yeah, i saw you, it yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Exactly. so kieran have you seen that <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i read what it was and didn't click on the link because i was it's like actually, it's actually very like i, I will it, click on it john but it's I was a like, very good betting resource genuinely i'm not just saying that it's basically the weather like i mean nflweather.com to what you use it every phone yeah do you use it for nhl games john <laughs> I see. I see, Mike. Uh, okay, okay. I'm going to give you a second to compose yourselves, take the lulls out of the system for a minute, and uh, get your best bets ready. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remind everyone that the World Cup is happening. I don't know if you know. Don't know if you've heard about this thing. A lot of people watch it, and um, that we have pretty much live shows every single day. Uh, they're not every single day now because obviously the games are starting to slow down a bit. Although they're not really because uh, it's like two a day. Uh, but we have uh, a preview of all the matches, and of course Saturday's big one, France England. Uh, the football only better crew will be getting together in the next day or two, really, and that one will be out. So do subscribe to the channel, check it all out. They've had winners left, right, and center. And uh, I've backed a few of them myself, and uh, I'm going to do one tonight as well. The one tonight, seemingly, is to back Switzerland to qualify. Now, they're not mm -hmm. saying that they absolutely will qualify, but they're two to one to qualify against the Portugal side. So I don't know. You're going to probably listen to this on Thursday, Friday. You're like, wait, Portugal went through. But I'm just saying that's what they said. They said <laughs> value is two to one about that. So you can lay that off at some stage, you know, um, if Portugal get really big. 
Just yeah. telling you, don't shoot the messenger. It's a different show. Kieran furiously editing this show at like nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> get that bit out. Get that bit out. I think Mike said that we shouldn't never don't get one to get cancelled. Uh, John, we'll take your best bet first. Because you're wearing Kieran. the nicest outfit. And, and the, uh, we're not doing it on YouTube. This today. one's not it's going terrible. on YouTube, yeah. no. Yeah. You're, going with, you're going with the Browns, John, right? No, I'm not. Well, I, I will tell you that not to bet on the Browns this week. That's that's the one thing I will say. Cincinnati will win that one. Minus six is a good bet on Cincinnati, but that's not my best They got to massage a few issues out, John. <laughs> that's Kieran O'Connor. I thought now. that was Houston. I'm the for my best bet this week. I'm looking at the Eagles and Giants game. Uh, Giants are at home in this one. Um, I think this one sticks out to me as a game where Jalen Hurts is really going to shine. And um, I believe, unless I'm very much mistaken, it's um, Hurts and Mahomes are neck and neck for the MVP at the moment, as as things stand. Um, this might be a game where Hurts potentially takes uh, takes a bit of the ascendancy in this one because I think this one, the, the way the Giants are playing at the moment and the way that their defense is set up, it lends itself to uh, Hurts being very good. And he's been really hitting AJ Brown lately as well. And I think while the Giants are improved, they're just not in the same ballpark as this Philadelphia team. So Eagles minus six now. Eagles to win by, well, I think they win by touchdown. So six and a half is a good bet on this one. Okay. Mike, you're next. Well, it, this is a tough one. I, I do like the over in Tampa, San Francisco. Um, and I do kind of like the over in Kansas City, Denver. But I'm really tempted to take Seattle minus three and a half. Is it still three and a half? Oh, let me just double check that. Yeah, it's still three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over Carolina at home. Um, so I guess that'll be my best one. Seahawks minus three and a half. Yeah. Well, that's good because uh, my best bet is over in the Tampa San Fran game. Uh, Tom Brady <laughs> and like, San Francisco yeah. have. So I'm that's just going to. That's a good bet here. Seems 37.5 seems quite low. I mean, yeah. That's, you know. I agree. Obviously, I agree because it's I, a 2018 game. Yeah, that's what happen. that's exactly what I was thinking. Twenty one seventeen, something like that. Twenty one seventeen will be more. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see what, yeah. I can see how you weighed that one, and I just made up a number. <laughs> score gammy. <laughs> oh, that, that that Dallas score was score gammy this week. It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I thought the, it was. What, the, what does it end up at as well? By the way, fifty four nineteen. Fifty four nineteen. Good lord. And once again, the kicker only got four points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not really sure how. You know, happened. kickers kickers points should only count as half each. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming he was very unhappy with his day. Well, listen, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Look, we're, we're getting really into the business and we're here every single week as we roll in towards the end of the season and we'll be here during the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl with a view of all of the games. And if you're settling down and wondering what you're going to watch for Christmas, and there is actually quite a few games on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day of the NFL. So uh, while the football uh, may be gone with the World Cup over at that stage, there's plenty for you to get involved with. Well, they may still be playing extra time um, they will not no i think it ends on like the 18th i want to say no it's not the 18th it's after the that 17th? 18th isn't the 18th the semi-final i'd have to look into that i'll get is back to you penalty, listeners isn't the penalty shootout the the worst thing in the world well not the no worst it's thing. great it's a fantastic it's way to end after the russian thing. invasion the worst thing in the world <laughs> it's i really enjoy a penalty everyone loves a penalty shootout it's, to it's, watch it's, japan losing a penalty shootout was Grossly unfair to the Japanese. <laughs> That's the game, lad. <laughs> what are you going to do? What do you want them to do? Just keep playing? Because golden goal and silver goal were all awful. So or Sudden death, we call it. 
Well, that's what golden goal is. And First it's, goal, it was, yeah, but it, it was, sounds better than golden goal. That sounds very Swiss, you know. Very shit. Um, France won the Euros. What, what, what you do is every, every, sounds more Swiss every five <laughs> minutes you take another player off the field. That's <laughs> right. And who chooses no, which player goes off the field, the opposition? Hold on, hold on. You're the dude that never shuts up about how there should be draws allowed in the NFL. That's right. And now you're just... You don't want draws in football. There's nothing. Well, you can't have a draw in an elimination game. Yeah. You have to have a result. But otherwise, the NFL should have draws. I mean, you know, it's pointless. And all this whining about how, you know, goals, the draws like kissing your sister, it's pointless. You know? Well, look, it, depends on your sister. Well, we depend, leave it yeah. I mean, yeah, most of America is not Kentucky, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks. A few issues, a few issues this episode. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. Please do gamble responsibly. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>